You know what the original Greek says? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Period. That changes it from conditional to positional. All right? Get this. You don't have to win your way to God. He loves you right where you're at. He loves you in your failures, in your shortcomings, even when you sin. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is the one that prays for us. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. Cover me with your blood. Wash me clean. And once you come to the realization that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, period. All right? Then you can fulfill the rest of that chapter. You can learn to walk in the Spirit because you realize the Holy Spirit is in you, empowering you to overcome. It's an obedience to Him, following after Him. But even when we sense the struggle about, can I do this? Just be reminded He's not condemning you. Remember the familiar verse in John, the third chapter? He did not come to condemn the world. There is no condemnation in him. He came to set us free. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now you know why she's my mentor. All right. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. Um, This is just... um, something I feel the Lord has spoken to my heart and then you all can judge it and do with it what you want to. Isaiah 54, it says this, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your corns and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left And your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate the cities inhabited. Like I said, you can do with this what you want. But I feel that in the future, this church will be building another place. And I give you those stakes as a representation to stretch it out to stretch out even the vision in Jesus' name. And so I give that to you uh, today, and you can do with it what you feel you should. Then I have four sermons that I'm going to put together in one for you today. Did you bring your lunch? No. (laughs) I preach this message, stake your claim. And the violet taketh by force. And what I want you to do, you can get one of these stakes, one per family later on. And I want you to write down what you're believing God for. Your family, your healing, whatever it might be. And then do warfare with it and staking your claim in Jesus' name. I preached this message 15 years ago. I preached it and preached it and preached it. People would 
get in contact with me and said, I wrote down the things on this stake and I got it all. One lady in Mexico wanted a husband. She wanted him to be a gringo. She wanted him to be an engineer. She wanted to have children. I mean, she just didn't grab anybody at Walmart, all right? And and I came back to the church two years later and she comes running up to me with the interpreter and handed me that stake and everything that she had written down, all 10 of them had come to pass. Here's the biggie. She said she wanted to have children, but she didn't know that she couldn't have children because when she was a teenager, they did an operation on her and she did not even know what the operation was, but she could not have children. She has two now, and it was a miracle of God. So take this stake, write it down, do warfare with it in your house, and make that declaration in Jesus' name. It is God loves it when we do a demonstration, okay? So I'm going to leave these up here. If we run out, you can get your own at, at Lowe's, okay? Hallelujah. I travel internationally. Mexico is my second home. I'll be in Tijuana, Mexico a week from today. I love the Mexican people. I just came back from the Philippines as well, where we spent three weeks in the Philippines. We love the Filipinos, and it was just a glorious time. We had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that this church said they have not seen since the 1990s. And there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there. And through this one man, the pastor of this church, A man told me a long time ago, little people know big people. All right? Little people know big people. And uh, this uh, pastor knew somebody big. And uh, he hooked me up with this guy. We're supposed to go back there in January to minister to about the two to 400 pastors. And so I'm looking forward to that and see what the Lord is going to do. We went there to help a friend of mine uh, start a feeding program. And that is now in existence there in the Philippines. And he's doing it. I just introduced him to the right people. And so uh, this is really exciting to see that and uh, how wonderful it is to see when you're in the will of God. Um, I love the prophetic voice of the Lord because I'm here today because somebody prophesied to us and our family when I needed a word of the Lord. But I was taught many years ago that prophets do not exist. So there are many churches that are non-profit. <laughs> so I was preaching I was preaching in Cananea, Mexico. And while I was preaching there, I, I've only done this three or four times in the 52 years of, of ministry. I pointed at this girl and I said, today's the day for you to get saved. So get up here. It's rare that I've done that, but that day I did it. And she came forward and I prophesied to her and I told her, I said, tomorrow morning, tomorrow, when you meet your friends in the corner, they're going to look at your eyes, scream and run away from you. And in six months, you will be in Bible college. She goes to the corner. I didn't know that she belonged to a gang. They looked at her, screamed and ran away. 
Six months later, she was in Bible college. I get a call from her about four months ago. Now, this has happened 18 years ago, Masameno, okay? About 18 years ago, I get this phone call six months ago, and the moment I hear her voice, I said, you are from Cananea, Mexico. Your mother's a beautician, and you, all the girls look like your mom. How are you doing? And she said to me, she said to me, I am now married to a pastor. Hallelujah. And she said to me, we have started a church and we want you to come to Cananea and to minister at our church there. And they're building a brand new church. And this was the day about, uh, about two months ago that they received ordination papers uh, with a group out of Mexico. The prophetic word of the Lord is powerful. Hallelujah. And it's just exciting to see it. I love this story. <laughs> I was in Tijuana, Mexico again, and I began to pray for people. And as I was praying, now this is the story that she tells me. Now I want to tell you something. I'm telling you these stories to glorify God, and we just get to be a part of it, okay? Amen. Hallelujah. So then uh, I was praying for this lady, and she, a young, young woman, and uh, I didn't know what she was doing. I was praying, people falling down, people praying. And I was, they were falling down. And, uh, but she was trying to hide from me. And so she'd stand behind the person that would fall out, but then she, she had to move to the next one. Well, God zapped everybody, and there she stands alone. And she says to me later, she said, I closed my eyes like a little girl, hoping you wouldn't see me. I walked up to her and I immediately spoke English to her because I felt in my spirit that she could understand me, in which she could. And I began to prophesy the word of the Lord to her. And I said to her, you're going in the ministry. You're going to be uh, in the ministry. And she is just screaming inside, no, 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 profeta falso. And the prophet is false, you know. And, uh, but she calls me up. Uh, and uh, several months ago, and she says, I want you to come to my church in El Centro, California, because we are pastoring a church there along with my husband. They bought property uh, in El Centro, California, and they're going to build their own church. Hallelujah. So that's just so uh, exciting to see what God does. Um, one of my favorite stories, and I'll say this real quickly, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I had a church secretary, and, and uh, she was a single, single uh, gal. And um, I walked into the office one morning, and um, I heard the, the voice of the Lord speak to me. And I said, Cindy, this is all new to me. This was about 1988. And I said, I hear the Lord tell me something. You correct me if I'm wrong. But are you going to the bars looking for a husband? Now, she's my Pentecostal secretary. And uh, I said, are you going to the bars looking for a husband? She said, starts crying. So I said, that must be yes. And so she starts picking herself up and she, uh, she, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm going to leave. I don't, you don't want me as your secretary anymore. And I said to her, listen to me, God didn't tell me to fire you. God just told me to tell you, don't do that. You're going to get hurt again. Okay. So I said, if God told me the problem, then God can give me the solution. One of the things I don't like about people is this. They come to me with problems, you know, but they don't come with no solution. You know? So if I'm pastor, you come to the office, you know, you, with a problem, you better have something in your satchel. You know, don't, okay, for, for, you, you get it. 
All right. So I'm going to stir myself up. And I began to stir myself up. And I said to her, do not look for a husband. The Lord is going to bring a husband to your front door. She married the UPS man. Hallelujah. I love that story. Amen. I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. Hallelujah. It's so much fun. Hallelujah. In December of 2018, I received a phone call from a pastor friend of mine in Wyoming. And he said to me, I have big hands. All right. And so uh, he calls me up and he says, please uh, go down to Arizona, to Mesa. And um, because this man is sick and he had what they call the valley flu. And wants you to go there and pray for this man. I walked over to the nurse to get her permission for me to go in there. And um, she said, yes, go ahead. I said, I'm a minister. I'm going to pray. And, and her attitude was, you know, good luck. You know, she didn't say it, but I could sense it. You know what I mean? And I understand if you're not a believer, you know, good luck, you know. And so there he is. And I walked in there. His eyes are back like that. And they're, they're dry. I mean, and I'm saying, Lord, we, we need a, a miracle here. And so I met the little boy. <laughs> I met the little boy. In the, in the, in the uh, waiting room, and he's five years old. He doesn't know that his daddy is on the verge of going to die. I walked into that room, and I whispered into this man, because he's a Christian. I whispered into Enrique, and I said to him, you cannot die. You have a five-year-old boy in the waiting room. Now get up in Jesus' name. This picture is only three days old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We went from this to this because of the power of the name of Jesus and a whole lot of people praying. Amen. A whole lot of people praying and believing God for a miracle in Jesus' name. It is a modern-day miracle of God. And you know something? You and I have authority, and you and I make that declaration in Jesus' name. Amen? We make that declaration in Jesus' name. A couple, of, a couple of months ago, the Lord spoke to my heart as I was just getting up in the twilight zone. And he speaks to me, and he said, I'm going to visit the pig pen." And I said to the Lord, what do you mean by that? And he said, I'm going after the backslider. I'm going after the backslider. And I declare and decree that in the name of Jesus, there is going to be a visitation to the backslider like they have never seen before. And I want to share this message with you today. You know the story if you've been in church for a couple of weeks in Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24. I won't read it. I'll just summarize it. Here is the story of a young man. And he goes up to his dad and he says, I want my stuff. (laughs) I want my money. I want my inheritance. 
and he's full of rebellion. Now, I'm a people watcher. I love people because there ain't nobody like you. That's what I like about it, you know? I just, I just love it. So I watch people at the mall, you know, and as they're walking, like they need a chiropractor, you know what I mean? Their neck is out of joint, and they're walking in rebellion. You can just see it. And so he goes up to the, uh, his dad and he says, I want my stuff, I want my money, I'm leaving. You So he takes his money and he leaves, okay? Now when you have money, you don't know who your friends are. When you're poor, you know who, who your friends are, okay? But when you're rich, you don't know your real friends. So this guy was buying everybody, booze and everybody, you know, come on down, you know, and I'm buying, he's being the big shot, you know, at the bar, and he squanders everything, it's all gone. He finds himself in the pig pen, all right? And he comes to himself and he says, my dad's servants got it better than me. And God, hear me now, God spoke to him in the pig pen, all right? God, and I'm telling you right now, every one of your loved ones, God is going to visit them in the pig pen. He's gonna talk to them and visit them. Hallelujah, glory to God. And he came to his senses and the Bible says that he gets up and he goes home and his dad is waiting for him. And you know the story, puts on a new robe, gives him a ring and kills the fatted calf and there's a big party. But then there's the brother that's not happy. He goes up to the dad and says, well, I'm telling you right now, I've been paying tithes and offerings in the church all these years and now everybody's so happy all these backsliders are coming back. I was the one to clean the church all these years. You're going to have to change your attitude. Hallelujah. You're asking yourself, where did the pastor find this guy? All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. And I agree with pastor. In this last year, I mean, darkness has come upon the earth. You know, like I have never seen it before. Isaiah chapter 60, arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your, of your arising. Verse 4. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They shall come to you, your sons and your daughters from afar. And your daughter, hey, that shall be nursed at your side. Your kids are coming back. The backslider is coming back. Hallelujah. God is a talker. He's a talker. He left his word. He's a talker. He is a communicator. He loves to talk. He does. He loves to talk. Oh, God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Ezekiel. God spoke to Adam and Eve. 
God spoke to Joseph and to Noah and to Saul who turned into Paul. God spoke to Peter. God is a talker and he is still talking today. He is still talking today. If you want to have the if you want to have a restaurant all by yourself, come in with a big King James Bible. <laughs> and you got any seat in the house that you want. Because this book makes people nervous. Alright? If you don't want anybody to talk to you in the airplane, put out the big Bible. If you'd like to have extra leg room. Bring out your big Bible. You can have any seat in the house, you know, because this book makes people nervous. And yeah, amen. Well, I grew up in a Mennonite home in the state of South Dakota. You do not need a passport to get there. I was born and raised on the farm, okay? People ask me, how'd you get this big? My dad had a gym. It opened at six o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. It was his farm. Yeah. Three meals and a cod. That's what I got. <laughs> and so my mama took me to a Mennonite revival. We had revival in the spring and in the fall for two weeks back in the day. Okay. It was full of Mennonites. All, every, every night was full. And this preacher was preaching. Brother Schmidt. His hair was curly and black and shiny. And he's preaching about the coming of the Lord. I'm 10 years old. He's scaring the hell out of me. I'm thinking that at any moment, Jesus is going to come. And so he, he begins to, to share the gospel. And it was on a Sunday night. And I, he was preaching. And I grabbed a hold of that pew. And I was singing my own song, I Shall Not Be Moved. And I was so afraid my little 10-year-old heart was going and I got, I was, I didn't know what was happening. And so the next day we were making homemade ice cream with the, with the no motor and we're making homemade ice cream. And I said to my mom, I said, mom, last night while the preacher was preaching, my heart was going so fast. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I said, what was going on, mom? And mom said, God's calling you. She didn't know all the fashions of Hollywood. She didn't say, well, you need some more medicine, boy. There's something wrong with you. She knew the spirit of God. And she said, God's calling you. And while I'm, mom, we're making homemade ice cream, my mother leads me in the sinner's prayer. And I receive Christ making ice cream. But then she says to me, I've got to take you back to the church. On Sunday night, when the preacher gets done preaching, they're going to sing a song. Just as I am without one plea. 
When you hear that song, you get up and go down there and make a public confession of your faith in Christ. Well, she puts a bunch of oil on me like she was a Pentecostal and didn't know it. Oh, I was the shiniest kid in the state of South Dakota. I don't know why she did that. I still remember it. She put on my, a suit that my cousin gave me, and we were the poorest of all the relatives. And it came all the way down to there, but I, I, it, was, it was free. <laughs> and so she got me there. The preacher got done preaching. Then he, the, 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 the guy began to sing, just a new, bam, that's my cue. And I go, bam, I go down there. I already was a Christian. I was just making it public. Okay? And I believe that's important. All right? So, something happened that day. Not only did I make a public confession of my faith in Christ, but at the age of 10, God called me to be a preacher. Now, I had preachers, Mennonite preachers on both sides of my family, but they never smiled. So I'm thinking, this isn't going to work, God, because I want to be happy. And all my Mennonite uncles, they don't smile. Okay? If they did, I didn't see it. And so I said to the Lord, I'll be a good boy. I'll serve you, but I'm not going to be no preacher. Well, that's like, you know, telling God to do something is like telling an ant to stop a locomotive. It doesn't make sense. So from the age of 10 to 16, I was a good kid. And my dad, who was a German guy, and Germans are are not romantic people, you know. (laughs) This is how you say I love you in German. It sounds like a disease, you know. And, and so the, the, <laughs> the first time I remember hugging my mother as somewhat of an adult is when I was 21 years old. Okay. And she made me do it at the airport. Then she made me hug my brother. And I never hugged him in my life. Okay. So well, he, wasn't, well, he wasn't touchy-feely. <laughs> okay. So my dad took me for a walk. <laughs> and he says to me, I was 16 years old, and he says to me, if you do drugs, I will kill you. <laughs> that was just his drug program, okay? <laughs> and, I, and I believed him. And so a boy in high school came up to me, and he says to me, right in the hallway, he said, hey, Hofer, you want some drugs? I was so scared of my dad. I said, no, I don't want any drugs. <laughs> Nobody ever asked me again. Seriously. So now, dad and I go for another walk. And he says to me, I notice that you're looking at the girls. He said, that's normal. I don't want you looking at the boys. Looking at girls is normal. But if you get a girl pregnant before marriage, I will kill you. Santo, hallelujah. (laughs) So I was dating this girl, drove 70 miles one way from Huron, South Dakota to Bryan, South Dakota. Then another 20 miles to take her to a dance. So we got 90 miles one way invested in this chick, okay? We're sitting in the car and she says to me, I want to have sex with you. 
And I said to her, easy for you to say. You're not going to die. I read a book in some animals in South America that they had sex once and then died. That's not going to happen to me. So she told me, we're breaking up. (laughs) I was so mad. I said to God, hello. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do to that girl. And I loved that girl. And now we're finished. Hello. And I made the biggest mistake in my life. I began to run away from God. And that three years from 16 to 19 was hell on wheels. It took seven police officers to get me inside of a squad car. I was so angry. I was so mad. I had sinners that told me to shut up because my mouth was so bad. And so I began to do some things and et cetera, et cetera. And I was away from God and very angry about the things of God. And I, I, I didn't, my mother, you know, my mother, she had Billy Graham. <laughs> You know, she's watching Billy Graham. I'm up in my bedroom upstairs, you know, listening to the Beatles. He loves me, yeah, 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 yeah. My mom would yell, come on down here, Billy Graham's on. I'd say, go ahead, knock yourself out, mom. I'm not listening to Billy Graham. But i put my stereo up. She'd put her TV on. There's the battle of the bands right in my house. But I heard everything Billy Graham had to say because the Holy Spirit had an extra microphone, you know. (laughs) You see, you cannot lie to the Holy Spirit nor to your mom. Forget it. Because your mom has some radar. And she knows when the enemy is getting close to her little chickens. And she realized that I was in trouble. I got into fights and didn't even get paid. If you're going to fight, get in the ring and make some money. You know, so I was on there street fighting and, and just nuts okay see a backslider is nuts because they had tasted the things of God they take one drink two drinks four drinks this that nothing satisfies them they're the most irritable people on planet earth because they have tasted of God hey and now they're trying to fill it up with other stuff and it's it's impossible it's impossible So, my mother took my name and gave it to every preacher and said, pray for my boy. He needs God. She sent it to a preacher in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Anybody been there? Nope. Aberdeen, South Dakota. She gave it to this guy because he had a television program. And this man, this pastor, Pastor Jack Glass, 
went to the church, to the choir on a Thursday night and said to the choir, I want you to stop. I have a name here and this boy needs God. His mother sent me his name. That night, the choir stopped rehearsing and began to intercede for me. Four years later, I held a crusade in that church. The lady came up to me and she said, I was there the night that your name was mentioned and we prayed for you. So don't let the devil think that when you pray that nothing's going on. He's a liar and you have a, you have a voice, you have a word and you can pray, you can intercede and things begin to happen. Hey, I am here today because of a little German woman, my mom. That said to the, to the devil, I brought this boy into this world. And I did not bring him into this world for you to burn him in hell. His destiny is heaven. Woo! Hey! So then I was working at the J.C. Penney Company. Selling suits, and I modeled for the J.C. Penney Company. Wow! <laughs> it was a wow of. Oh, okay. Some people laugh when I say that, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> I have pictures to prove it. Yeah. It was the slimmer version, but that's true. <laughs> I was working at the J.C. Penney store selling clothes. This man comes in and he says, are you Gordon Hofer? And I said, yes, I am. He said, I am Pastor Cummings. I want you to start coming to my church. And I said to him, my mother has sent you. <laughs> and he said, yes, I got a very 911 letter, Okay. And he invited me to church. I said, yeah, I'll be there. I mean, I respected him, okay, because I was taught that. But I didn't show up. (laughs) But he kept coming. Every Friday, it was either him or his youth pastor that invaded my life. (laughs) Every Friday, they came. Every Friday, I said, yeah, I'm coming, man. I'll be there. I was lying through my teeth. I just wanted to get rid of them. But they kept coming back. And that's what I get ticked off about Christians is that you go to work and you ask someone to receive Christ and blah, blah, blah. They don't receive you. Keep going back until they call the cops. Until they put a restraining order on you. I'm glad that preacher just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. You see, God was sending someone to my pig pen. Every empty seat in a church, to me, represents a backslider. Somebody that should have been there. Are you listening? 
And I, this is so exciting, what your pastor was sharing. That's awesome. Listen to me. So one Saturday night, I went in and I partied. And on a, on a Sunday afternoon, I woke up so empty inside that if you would have shaken me, you would have heard every one of my bones rattle. I was 19 years old and I was tired of life. Tired of life. I was the assistant manager of a men's department. Everybody looked at me because I, I, I went to my senior year in a suit because that's the way we had to dress at the, at the store. So I thought, well, I'll just... Instead of changing, so people thought I was a teacher. <laughs> you know, walking around. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to that guy's church. And here's the plan. I'm going to tell him that I hate him and that I hate his church and I never want you ever to come back to the J.C. Penney store and invite me again. Do you copy? I walked in there with my friend. The preacher started preaching about hell and all the people that were going to go there and why. <laughs> I turned to my friend and I said, did you see that guy last night? Was he there? He named off all my sin. I scanned. See, I didn't know nothing about the Holy Spirit and the word of knowledge, all that stuff. You know, I didn't know nothing about that. So I'm scanning the crowd because everybody in my high school knew who I was and that I was a troublemaker. They tell me later, they were not praying for me to get saved. They were praying that I wouldn't whoop them. Yeah. So I'm scanning the crowd and said, which one of you rats gave that preacher a note and told him what to say? And I'm looking. He gets done preaching. And then he says these words, Jesus loves you and wants to come into your heart. When he said that, it was like an arrow that was released from this pulpit came, hit my heart. Busted it in a million pieces. You could have driven a semi crossway into my heart that night. And then to top it all off, just as I am without one plea. Nine years later said, you still want me? You still want me? After everything I've done? You still want me? And of course the answer was yes. And that night, it'll be 53 years this November. And I tell the story as if it just happened yesterday. And he went into that pig pen and he found me. He was not a scared to go there. He was not a scared to go there. I still smelled like the pig pen when I came to the Lord. I still had some rough edges. Yeah. 
I was in Bible college. Got into a fight in Bible college. But now he's my Facebook friend and we made up. We're okay. Yeah. When I proposed to my wife. Now God is a talker. I was, I was, I was so afraid to get married. Because I read in the Bible you could just have one. Stuck with the same woman for the rest of my life? Jesus, help me. You know? Woo! And so I began to pray. My pastor, I'm talking about the voice of God today, okay? My pastor, he's preaching. He said that Jesus turned the water into wine. I said, good. But I need a wife. And I looked at my pillow and I heard the voice of the Lord say, Pray that that pillow turns into a beautiful woman. So every night I laid my hands on that pillow and I said, in the name of the living God, pillow, you're going to turn into a beautiful woman. And so I was in secular college praying that. Then I went to Bible college and I took my possessions with me, but I took that pillow with me. I walked into the dorm sharing my dorm room with a guy by the name of Dennis Rivers from Wisconsin. I said to Dennis, you may touch anything you want to in this room, but if you touch the pillow, the rapture is coming sooner than you anticipated. Don't touch the pillow. Every night I laid hands on that pillow. I kissed the pillow goodnight. Practicing. I was walking towards the um, administration building at Bible College. And as I was walking towards it, a woman comes walking out of the administration building. And I hear the voice of the Lord. There goes your wife. I close my eyes. And I'm saying to Jesus. Let her be beautiful. She can be ugly to everybody else. with me. But to my eyes, I want her to be a knockout. Because I don't care what you guys think. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. That was my prayer. I opened my eyes. Ah, Santo Pasal in the number of Jesus. Come on, baby. And I grabbed that girl. We sat down. Spanish. Basile. Come on. Trying to impress you with the little of Spanish I know. (laughs) So, like I said, Germans are not romantic people, but we're good people. We're keepers. Yeah. Once you have us, you are stuck with us. Ah. So I take Ramona. I said, I'm going to take you out for dinner. Not a fancy place. There's no soft music. <laughs> There's no candlelight. It's just a, a place. And I said to my wife, I said, in a couple of moments, I'm going to ask you to marry me. 
Keep it down, sister. <laughs> but I said, before you say yes, I'm going to tell you everything I've ever done because there'll be no clo- nothing in the closet with me. There'll be no surprises after you say yes or no. So I'm telling her. It took me 30 minutes to tell her all my stuff. <laughs> Then she says, Jesus forgave you of everything. I cannot hold anything against you. So then I say to her, well, let me know, you know, tell, tell me your story. Tell me some of the stuff you did. Now she has to think about it. So I went to a, a dance. We call it a dance. They call it disco now, I guess. They still call it disco? club oh, I'm so ignorant thank you Jesus and so in a way she names off I puffed on a cigarette threw it away went to a club dance all there a couple of minutes left she's never tasted beer never tasted any kind of alcoholic beverage you know and you talk about uh, uh, east meeting west you know but I and so I heard the voice of the Lord and thank God she said yes and we've been married now this 49 years. Now, I've been happily married. I, I don't know if she has, but I've been happily married. Okay? Now, we're in Bible college. We're going to come to a very important part. We're in Bible college, and we're driving to church on a Wednesday night. And I said to Ramon, I said, no babies. We don't have no money for kids. We're Bible school students. You know, as if she was going to do it by herself, you know. And I said, so I'm scolding her on the way to the Wednesday night Bible study in our home church. The preacher gets done preaching. I go to the altar. You can imagine that when I pray, I pray. But that night I was quiet because I heard the voice of the Lord. Your wife is going to have a baby. And the child should be greatly used of me. It's a boy. We're going to have a boy. Because the child will be greatly used of me. It's going to be a boy. So we're driving home. And I said, Ramona, you're going to have a baby. Okay. <laughs> the baby came. It was a girl. Edward, you tricked me. You said that the kid would be greatly used of me. And it's a girl. We couldn't put it back. And when she was four or five years old, she, she gave her heart to Jesus at a uh, Johnny Cash uh, movie, The Gospel Road. And she saw Jesus on the cross in Hot Springs, South Dakota. And that day she gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a call upon her life. Yeah. She's precious. I take my four daughters to the restaurant, and when the waiters and waitresses would see us, I'd see them rolling their eyes. And, oh my God, four kids, you know. But everybody behaved because they knew that death was knocking at their door, and so, <laughs> Amen. you know, and they 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 behaved themselves. And the, they would come up to us. And one guy said, I've never seen anything like this before. Everybody gets free dessert on me, and he's the waiter. 
Okay. But then she turned to be a teenager. <laughs> Jesus. I said to my wife, we've got to go back to Painesville, Ohio. That's where the kid was born. Somebody has our child. This cannot be our child. Somebody has our baby. And we're raising somebody else's child. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you felt that way? Uh, you're, you are raising your hand. You are bold. And Ramona said, nah, she's ours. Oh, God, listen to me. Listen to me. When someone has a call of God on their life, they are marked. And the devil knows that mark. And he'll do everything he can to shipwreck that individual. And that's why some of your kids, some of your friends, some of your grandchildren are in that pig pen today because they're marked. And the enemy, the enemy, all right? So, 1988, we got involved in the prophetic move of God. We'd be bringing the prophets to our church, to a nonprofit church, okay? And I <laughs> got, into a lot of, I got into a lot of trouble over that, okay? But my daughter wouldn't come to hear me preach anymore, you know, but she'd come and hear the prophets. And she'd be there in the back row, okay, in the back row, in the back row, and she... Very pretty, like her mom. And her pants were not, she didn't put them on, she painted them on, okay? And then she had a white leather jacket with those strings, you know, like that. And then she had some sexy boots. And she, she was in the church. And the prophet of God would go back and say, would the young lady in the, in the white jacket, and would you come up here? I, I have a word for you. And I'm thinking, Jesus, don't kill my baby. Don't, kill, don't let the prophet kill her, Lord. Please, Lord. And he began to prophesy to her and say, Thus saith the Lord, I will send you to the nation, says the Lord, and you have a deliverance. And she's going on and on and on. And the religious people were just freaking out. They were saying, He's a false prophet. But what the prophet of God was doing with my daughter is saying, I'm opening up the curtain to you, Corey. I'm opening the curtain, and this is what I have for you. And when you get a prophecy, God's saying, I have something for you. Yeah. 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 Woo. Man, I took heat. I took heat. I took heat for that. We paid a price for being in this pulpit. Yeah. I've been asked to leave two churches because I believe the Bible. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know. That's another story. You say, how come you're so happy? Because I knew where I came from. And you're not going to take away my joy. I was on my way to hell. I don't like it when people are nasty to me. You know? Because I used to take care of it this way. And if I couldn't do it, I'd hire somebody to do it for me. The first thing Jesus had to do with me is put my hand. Uh, but it's getting better now. I bless you. 
rebellious to the max. My wife gave birth to her more than once. Uh, One time physically, a bunch of times spiritually as she interceded. Oh, yeah, okay, I was coming to that. Thanks for reminding me. Back in the day, we had the cassettes that we'd give everybody got a prophecy. So she took this cassette home with her, okay? She's not living in her house anymore. She took the cassette, put it on, smoking a cigarette and drinking some beer and listening to her prophetic word and crying. Now, you religious people are looking at me. God looks on the heart. I had to learn that myself. I used to judge people on the outside. But God says, look at their heart. And so, but anyway, long, this forward. See? She traveled with me to the Philippines. She's been to Mexico with me. She's on fire. Her two sons traveled with me. I had Joshua, the oldest one, traveled with Grandpa for four years. And I, I paid for everything. I paid for everything. Gave him a, gave him a salary and, and everything. And, and because I, I believe in the next generation that's coming. I want to sow into it. And then I took his out. And then he got married. And he's out on his own preaching and doing his thing. That was the idea. And now there's, uh, there, uh, then uh, uh, Justin traveled with me. Um, and so here's the worst daughter that I have. She, she's numero uno. The worst. Has produced two great preachers. Hallelujah. 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 He visits the pig pen. He visits the pig pen. He visited her in her pig pen. Now let's go to John chapter 20. I'm about done, okay? John, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to receive that phone call. When I came back to God, I called my mother on a Sunday night. And I said, Mom, there will be no more embarrassing things in the newspaper about me. The police will never call this number again. 377-4476. Will never, ever call that number again asking, where was your son at last night? There was a crime that was committed. We want to know where he was at. I said, you'll never receive a phone call like that again. And she never did. She would come to hear me preach and she'd be crying while I'm preaching. And I said, Mom, and my sermon's that bad that you have to be crying all the way through. And she said, no, I remember the nights I interceded for you and I prayed for you, thinking it was all to naught. It would never happen. Are you listening? Some of you have grandchildren that are away from God. I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, God's going to visit the pig pen because your prayers. I was preaching in, at a house meeting in Pennsylvania. The lady called me. She said, we have 15 people coming. You still want to come? I said, yes. 
She calls me up an hour later. She said, we're down to 10. Do you want to come? I said, yes. She calls me an hour later. She said, we're down to five. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. I drove one hour to preach to five people. But in that house was a grandma. And I gave that grandma a prophetic word of the Lord. And I said, you have a son or a grandson that you've invested a bunch of time into their lives. And today, you don't know where they're at. And I went on and on. And grandma just, I mean, I mean, she just blurted out and weeping. And I said to her, what's his favorite food? Because she raised him. And then he just left. <laughs> no contact whatsoever. Just left. There are many stories like that as I travel. And so I said, what was the favorite meal that he liked? Oh, he likes my, my meatloaf. I said, Granny, make some meatloaf. Open up the door. Put a big fan behind that meatloaf. Ask the Holy Spirit to take that that he gets homesick for grandma and the meatloaf. Ah! And I'm going to believe God that one day I'm going to get a phone call from grandma. Ah, the meatloaf worked. Hallelujah. He's back. I want to encourage you today. Now listen to me. Oh, I like this. Here we go. Oh. I'm on, I'm driving, okay, on my way to high school. Had to go 30, 30 minutes, okay, to go to high school, driving in my car. I'm trying to find some music. Can't find any. I get stuck with this one guy. He's a preacher. He's from Jamestown, North Dakota. He has his program in his kitchen. Really professional. His wife is going to be playing the songs, okay? You can hear her in the background with the plates, cling, clang, cling, clang, 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 you know. And then the guy says, my wife is now coming and she's going to start playing the songs now. And we just thank the Lord that, that you have uh, tuned in with us today and uh, we bless you in the name of the Lord. And we want to pray for Aunt Susie. She's in the hospital, you know, she's got the flu again. And, <laughs> and I'm listening to this guy, you know. I'm but then they start singing. Just a closer walk with thee. Closer walk. A closer walk with thee. I'm crying for 30 minutes on my way to school. Because you see, God visited my pig pen. And I'm telling you, God's going to visit your children's pig pen. If I have to pound that into you today. These empty seats will be Full. Hey, there's going to be a rush. There's going to be a rush. And the pig pen is going to get empty. Woo! Now listen. John chapter 20. It says this. Here's Mary Magdalene. She's going to the empty tomb. She asked who she thinks is the gardener. Where have they put Jesus? She doesn't realize that she's talking to Jesus. Okay? All right? Then in verse, um, verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, 
Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Then she turns to him in verse 16 and says to her, and Jesus said to her, Mary. There's coming a time. Your loved ones have heard about Jesus, correct? They have sung the songs. They've been in a church service. But one day soon, one day soon, they are going to be like this woman and Jesus is going to connect with their spirit. You see, I heard him singing. I heard him when I was going to school. But that Sunday night, 53 years ago, this November, he called my name. It was different. And he said, Gordon, And when I heard him call my name, it was different. There was something that was different. And when I heard him call my name, and my 19-year-old heart began to act up like it did when it was 10, I heard him. Don't get upset with your loved ones as you have witnessed to them and shared Christ with them. Listen to me. Be patient because one day they're going to hear their name and it's going to be different. So don't get upset that they're not getting close to God. Don't think that your prayers are not working because they are. And one day, they're going to hear their name. And when they do, they're going to bust that pig pen. Hear the word of the Lord. Not only will they leave that pig pen, but they will bring some other folks with them. I am here today because of a little five foot so many inches German woman praying. And Grandma, you're going to get a phone call. They're going to hear their name and they're coming home. My grandfather was a deacon in the Mennonite church. There was a special place where the deacons and elders sat. If you sat there as a visitor, they would remove you. 
Just the elders sat there. I got saved a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. We went home to Grandpa's house. I was newly saved. It was time now to bless the food. My grandfather had heard I'd come back to the Lord. There were deacons in the Mennonite church there. There were leaders. My grandfather turned to me and he said, Gordon, ask God's blessing on the food. There was a hush that came over that place. I could hear it in the spirit. Why is he asking him to pray? No one to this day has ever given me a greater honor than to have your grandfather pray a blessing on the Thanksgiving meal. January, he went home to be with Jesus. It was like, everybody's in. I can go now. I want you to stand with me in the presence of the Lord. My mother had to forgive me for how I embarrassed her. We had to forgive Corey for how she embarrassed us. If you're dealing with pride, have children. That'll take care of that. Good gravy. When we were going through it with her, Corey, I get a call from the district youth leader of the Assemblies of God in South Dakota. And he says to me, I want you to preach to my young people. And I said to him, have you lost your mind? said, I have such trouble in my house with my teenager and you want me to come and preach there? And he said, yes, because I know you'll not beat up my kids. You'll preach with compassion. Six months ago, I get an email with my picture on it with black hair and my sermon notes that I had preached in Madison, South Dakota. Young man took notes of my sermon. That's been 40 years ago or more. And he said, I want you to know your message has carried me through many a trial. So in the midst of your battle, you get stronger. You don't get weaker. You get stronger. And you say, You say, devil, I'm going to use this as a weapon. Whatever situation, you're going to use it as a weapon. What is your name? Grace? Do you have a passport? Huh? Well, you better get one. You're legal, aren't you? That was a joke. 
you have an evangelistic fervor upon your life. You are bold as a lion. God's given you a voice. And you have a prophetic anointing upon your life. So I would call you a prophetic evangelist. I see you on a platform. I see you ministering to women, to men, teens. You are able to communicate to guys, to girls, to people who are older than you. Because they see that zeal inside of you and that compassion. And I say to you, anything that has been broken shall be repaired. Anything that has been broken shall be repaired. And the things of the past try to stifle you, try to stop you. And you've said to yourself, how can I do this when this isn't even working in my life? That's why I shared that story with you. That I went to minister to these young people. And although I had a catastrophe in my house. And out of my brokenness. Out of what I thought was a defeat. God used it. How many young people keep notes for 40 years. And mail it to you. Shah. Brisamburu Shataya Blandurikia Sandurikia Sanda Brandurikia Saya Rushi Parandurabosaya. This is the legacy in this house. God is raising up a legacy in this house. And as I met the pastor's son, I the first words that came out of my into my thoughts were hmm good son good son good son good son you are so attentive to your father and to your mother you have given of yourself to their lives and to this place and you too are building a legacy I'm just guessing that the little boy was your son and so there is a multi-generational revival and as I traveled with my grandsons I would preach a little bit and then I would hand the microphone or the baton to them. Hey. And do not be jealous of what you see. But say, Lord, if you can do that for my pastor, I'm underneath his mantle. I'm underneath his ministry. Lord, 
do it for my family. Do it for my family. Is your daughter? What's your name? Father, I bless you today. And I bless this great woman of God. I bless her coming in and I bless her going out. I bless her in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for her life. I thank you, Lord, for even the dark time of her life, Father, in Jesus' name. For out of that darkness shall come strength in Jesus' name. I've not called you to be defeated, says the Lord. I've called you to be a conqueror. Do not allow the past to manipulate your future in Jesus' name. Do not let anyone try to manipulate your future with your past in Jesus' name. For I am bigger than the past. I have more power than that. And I will shut the mouths of the lions in Jesus' name. And your best days are ahead of you. And you're going to see a turnaround in Jesus' name. You're going to see things being put into order supernaturally only by the power of God. You do not, this day, I brush off in Jesus' name that spirit of failure in Jesus' name, that spirit of remorse in Jesus' name. I break it now. God says, I've got too many good things for you to do, for you to be in that remorseful or in that to live in your past. God says, I'm dusting you off today in Jesus' name, and you're going to go and conquer in the name of the Lord. In one phone call, the thing is going to change in Jesus' name. In one phone call, one letter, the whole thing changes. You hold your head up high. You good daughter. You, good daughter. You, good daughter. You, good daughter. As Father God loves you, your Father loves you. You, good daughter. And you're going to use that which happened to you as a weapon. And you're going to slay the giants. You're going to slay the giants in some people's lives that they don't have the strength to do it. But you're going to slay the giants in Jesus' name. For the ones that are weak and timid, you're going to slay the giants for them. You, good daughter. You, good daughter.
sing a song just wait one second and knowing him like I do I count it done and knowing him like I do and you know him hmm? and knowing him like I do I count it done oh. on the count of three I want you to do this I want you to roar like a lion one, two, three. Ah! Now you can play. I'm calling all the grandmas and grandpas first. I want to lay hands on you. And I'm going to declare and decree that those grandkids are going to straighten up. And come to Christ. Line up right here facing me, please. Many times, my mother told me, she said, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray for the widows. Don't forget to hug the widows. Because many times, older people in the church feel churches for the young folks. But I'm here to tell you today, You have built a platform for us to stand on. Because without the fathers and the mothers of the faith that have endured the storms, the church that I came back to the Lord in, there was a man that dug the foundation with a horse and a plow, a scoop. He did not know that one day my dad saw it happen. He drove by that church when they were constructing it. That man did not know. My father did not know that he and his son would come to Christ because that man was building a building. There was a place for us to go. You'll not be mocked. You will not be mocked. Your grandchildren are coming. And your prayers with the aroma is going to go into that pig pen. And they're going to get homesick for your meatloaf. They're going to get homesick for some of the things that you've done. Ramona, real quickly, tell them the story about the Easter. Um, when Corey was a teenager and in rebellion, she left our home. She was out of our home about uh, three, four years, lived in foster homes. And, uh, <clears throat> and then this couple took her in. My husband went down to the judge and paid $50 to have her transferred over to their authority because... We didn't, uh, she refused to stay at home. We never knew where she was. And uh, the state of Minnesota would, would we would become re responsible for whatever she did. 
yeah, so this couple said, well, we'll take her, you know, you're such bad parents, we'll take her. So he, tur he turned him over to him. Well, uh, Easter came, I always made a beautiful Easter basket for the girls, you know, and, and uh, <coughs> of course, Corey wasn't home, but I made her a basket anyway. And uh, I took it over to her. She wasn't there. I sat it on the porch. Never got a response till years later. And she says, Mama, when I saw that basket, I took it in and I wept and wept and wept. Know that whatever you do, whatever you say over your children, your grandchildren, though there may not be a response, it has an effect on them. Just believe God. Luke 18 says, never, never, never give up. Yeah. It's the story of the, uh, of the widow and unjust judge. You know the story. He said, though I don't regard man or God, I'm going to do what she says because she's driving me nuts. I mean, that's in my language. And what did Jesus say? Listen to the unjust judge. He said, will not your heavenly father who hears your cries day and night bring you justice? Yes. And then he said, when I return to the earth, will I find faith? If you go into the original Greek, it says, will I find tenacious, unrelenting faith? Mm. That's what he means. Never never give up. I I hear your cries. I've given you my promises. The Lord gave us the promise over Corey before she was even born. And that's what I brought before him. The enemy would sit on my shoulder and says, give it up, man. She'll never change. Look at her. She's getting worse. Give it up. I said, no, she doesn't belong to you. She belongs to God. And I gave God praise and glory. Worship him. It is in the power of praise and worship and glorify God in this matter that he will bring you justice. Do not, and for heaven's sakes, don't curse your children. Don't speak evil about them. Don't speak evil to them. Don't say what you see. But say what he has said over them. Remember this, they're going to try you, they're going to, they're going to provoke you, they're going to make you want to say ugly things to them, but you can't do it. You've got to bless them, bless them, bless them, speak good to them. She'd come to me, uh, uh, whenever she got in trouble, she'd come to me. You got to keep the door open. And I would listen, and I would, and then I would get a little preachy, and but... I always spoke to her as if she was totally his. And and then there there come a moment when she say, Okay, mom, that's enough. I said, not back off. You know. So it's always in the positive. Always love them and bless them. And you will see the promises of God. It's a done deal. They're coming to God. That's how you think. It took years. And then finally. Finally, when she was 19 years old, she says, I've had enough. 
I'm running to Jesus. Okay? It'll happen. Today, I don't want this message to go to your head. I want it to be imparted to your spirit. I don't want you walking out of this place saying, well, we heard a sermon today. I want you to be a carrier of this sermon. I want to impart this message to you so you can give birth to it. So you can give birth to it. And that's what I want. Ramona and I are going to lay our hands upon you. We're coming into agreement in Jesus' name. This day was a day of encouragement for you that God, that God is going to have the last word. So lift your hands in the air. Begin to thank him right now. Begin to thank him for that child, those children coming to the Lord. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come here, sir. Bring your wife. Is that your wife? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What is your name? Ryan. 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 Charity. Charity. Take her hand. Father, I thank you, Lord. I see an entrepreneurial anointing upon your life in Jesus' name. I see the Lord is going to, I see the Lord with several different businesses. And uh, the Lord is calling you to be a king in the house of the Lord and in the kingdom of God. And I see multiple businesses. I see the Lord using you to bring a transfer of wealth from the wicked into the hands of the righteous and putting it into the coffers in Jesus' name. I see where the Lord, even though there's been some uh, defeat maybe in the past, but the Lord says you have even learned from those things. And God says, you're on my radar in Jesus' name. You're one of my last days uh, uh, investors, uh, one of my last last days, investors into the kingdom of God. And the Lord says, daughter, I see a big table. I see a big house. 
I see a table and I see that table set and I see where relatives and friends and people that do not know Jesus are going to be around that table. I see people weeping around that table. I see your house becoming a lighthouse. I see your house becoming a lighthouse and people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ in that house of yours. And I see decorations and I see it uh, beautifully. I, I, I hear soft music in the background and people are going to come into that house and they're just going to receive Christ. But also, also there's going to be great peace in that house. Great peace in that house. In the name of Jesus. Now, this day, I break off every negative word about this marriage in Jesus' name. Anybody that was not happy when you guys got married, they said some things. I break that curse right now. I break it. 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 I break it in Jesus' name. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless this marriage in Jesus' name. I bless this marriage. I bless this marriage. And I declare and decree a special getaway in Jesus' name. I declare and decree like a second honeymoon or a first honeymoon in the name of Jesus. I declare and decree that you are going to have a message in the area of finances and you're going to have a message in the area of marriage in Jesus' name. For where the devil has attacked you in your marriage, I declare and decree a reversal and I break off that spirit of witchcraft that's come against your marriage in Jesus' name. I break it now in Jesus' name. And as a minister of the gospel, I bless this marriage in Jesus' name. And no longer will it be difficult in Jesus' name. It's just going to be a happy honeymoon in the name of Jesus. Not a three-day deal. It's just going to be a honeymoon from this day forward in Jesus' name. Every conflict will be broken in Jesus' name. Every misunderstanding will be broken. And you too will be such a team. You too will fight for each other and not at each other, but you will fight for each other in Jesus' name. Anybody that says something negative about the other one, the other one will rise up and say, you cannot speak about my spouse that way in the name of Jesus. You, you're going to protect each other like, like never before. And I declare and decree to you that you're going to have a marriage enrichment uh, uh, ministry and, 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 and ministering to marriages in Jesus' name. I declare that over you today in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I just speak unity, 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 oneness, oneness, oneness. And sir, you're going to see her in a different heart. She is going to become your queen, your bride even as, as we are the bride of Christ. There's coming a change in your heart toward her. 
there's coming a, a, a oneness between you that it will be so noticeable. And this is what is going to draw your friends and their relatives. They're going to say, we see such a change in them. We see such a unity in them. We see such a love between them. And the Lord says, I am going to be the center of your marriage. I'm going to be the one that's pouring my love into your hearts for each other. Because you're going to come to know me in, in such a way, in such an intimacy that it's going to spill over uh, toward each other. And I, you are going to be a sounding board, a sounding one toward those around you. This is the way to walk together in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lift your hands just for a moment. Hey, Shatarababariakita Babalaya. Rushamarando Ramabanda. Rimbariakanda Randa Yesa Mandaya. Kehaha Rumba Mbita Bura Manda Rikitaya. Rebabaliatoria Babo Shaptayritiya Laborando Rababasaya. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Father. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We praise you today, 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 Lord. In the name of Jesus. I see people who have left this church. Some that are going to return with a different attitude a submitted attitude, a broken attitude before the Lord. They're going to have to humble themselves. And in that spirit of humility, I will raise them up. And I will touch them anew and afresh. Not everyone that leaves a church comes back, but there are some that are going to come back. And they're not just going to waltz into the building. They're going to make an appointment with the pastor and his wife. And there's going to be a meeting in the, in the, in the office. And things are going to be taken care of. There's going to be like a reunion because some family members are not here today that should be here. When I say family, I say family of God. And they've been wandering from place to place. You see, as God calls a preacher to a church, God calls people to a church. And the church is not perfect. It was until I came. I messed it up. It was until you came, you messed it up. We're a bunch of folks with all of our imperfections. We are the body of Christ. But when God calls you to a church and this is your home, the enemy would like to get you to get off course. And get you to leave and get upset about something. And most of the time it's just baby stuff. And you get upset. 
there are multiple of thousands of people that have left the church out of the will of God. And they're wandering today. They go to a church for a year and they're somewhere else because they're not home. I'm praying for not only this church, but many churches that the people who are assigned to that church as the pastor is assigned to a church. I pray all across this nation that those people will humble themselves, make an appointment with the pastor and say, Pastor, I come back. I'm sorry. I declare and decree in this next year, lots of fences will be mended. And I'm talking about people. And when that person that has offended you calls, you and I have to have humility in receiving that person. And through God's grace, and I am preaching to myself. With God's grace and God's love, that which happened will dissipate and it will not hurt anymore. You'll remember it, but it won't hurt anymore. And empty chairs will be filled with people. I want to challenge you as the Holy Spirit leads you and leads me to write a letter to that one that offended you and tell them, I didn't like what happened, but I don't like what I feel in my life. And I want you to forgive me for the bad feelings that I have. You see, it doesn't matter how they respond. We want them to respond in the positive. But it's about you. It's about me. I release upon this house the spirit of reconciliation. I declare and decree that your holidays with your families are going to be different in Jesus' name. I declare to you that you no longer will be tolerated in your family, but you will be celebrated in the name of Jesus. 
Many have been almost like excommunicated because of your faith in Christ. And they tolerate you. But I declare and decree that they'll start celebrating you in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to seal the words that were spoken today. The preaching of the word, the singing, the prophetic word of the Lord. I declare and decree that you will seal it so that it will not leak out. That it will be sealed in our spirits. And we thank you for this house. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Hallelujah. I suppose that we all have an assignment from the message in many different ways. Lord, bring the backslidden home. As we get ready to dismiss, if you could just stand, and we're going to stand in faith together. You know, the story of the parable of the son, the prodigal son. In some senses, the son that stayed with the father was worse than the son that misused his inheritance. Lord, we pray for prodigals tonight, this morning, in our own families in associations. By grace through faith, we decree. Your word says to decree a thing and it will be established and light will shine on our ways. By faith, we call and resonate and send it into the spirit realm. Backslider, come home in Jesus' name. Backsliders come home in Jesus' name. Father, your word says the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving and perhaps they would see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Satan, take your hand off the backslidden family members relatives, friends, neighbors, in the name of Jesus. We command the veil to be removed from their soul right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody agree with me. In Jesus' name. We believe that we receive it, Father. We receive them by faith now before we see it in the natural. We receive their restoration Come on, guys. Restored, Father, that they have to start all over. But, Lord, that they will experience the grace, the, the restoration, the power, the presence, the love, the forgiveness, and be reinstated. Restored and reinstated to their destiny in the holy name of Jesus.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Lord, we praise you. Come on, Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming. Thank you for speaking and ministering to all of us in the holy name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, Don't forget your steak up here, okay? All right? Um, Don't take the pictures. We're going to gather them up at the steak. Yeah, Albert. I would do one per family right now, and then you can go to Lowe's and then get one for yourself. That's important. It really is. A prophetic act will have prophetic results. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I would rather do something like this. It's spoken with the, with the breath of God on it. Our neighbors across the street, they put St. Francis, I guess it's St. Francis, St. Joseph, Joseph, upside down in the ground. And I thought, what's that going to do? That's going to sell their house. House hasn't been sold for over a year. Yeah, I'd rather put the stake in the ground. Put the promise of God down. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know when when a, a prophetic gift comes into the house, and I even get a chance to say this to Gordon, we've had prophets over the years that were very meticulous and anointed with specific words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And we always said this to them. The Bible, the Word of God, is the prophetic word. Come on, somebody help me. The Word of God is prophetic. And we always said this to the gifts that would come in that were moved in a prophetic nature. You don't have to move in the gifts of the Word of knowledge or wisdom if the Spirit of God doesn't take you there because you don't have to perform, as Gordon said. Amen? The Word of God is prophetic. So we never put that expectancy there, but we are wide open to the Holy Ghost to open up the gifts and the arena. Um, One thing I do know about the prophetic word and when the prophet comes into the church, too, and there's prophetic words, the enemy tries to really war against that prophetic word. You know, not too long after that word is released, always, always, always look at the prophetic word about Jesus, the Messiah that was coming to the earth and how many times did the enemy try to destroy that prophetic word in so many ways okay you can see it from the beginning of adam and eve all the way through right so what i want to say is don't put your walls up to a prophetic word because you won't receive the prophet's reward and i wanted to say something right now to charity and ryan i want you to hold each other's hands I bless the prophetic word we do, my husband and I, as pastors of this church. Brand new, Ry. We bless that word over both of you. In Jesus' name. We married both of you. We heard your vows. And we bless that word. That the seed of this prophetic word is going to bear so much good fruit. And I say walls are coming down in Jesus' name. You know, I want to say this, and when I say that, 
This is for every marriage in here. We had walls up to each other in our marriage because of all the stress and everything that comes with with life. You know, a lot of times we can just say we're in the ministry. I, I just think that's an extra on life, you know, what comes. But we had to learn to keep the walls down and keep ourselves tender. We did a uh, marriage retreat, and we put together a curriculum. And one of the subject matters that we taught on was intimacy between a husband and wife. And everybody thought, "Woo, we're going to hear it tonight, how to be intimate with your spouse. So we gave out five-pound bags of ice to everybody. Yeah, no. Here was intimacy, how to become intimate with your spouse on your knees, praying before your Heavenly Father together. Because when you're praying before Him, you become vulnerable to open your heart up to eat to Him. Mm. And you're not going to lie to Him. And that's the first place to become intimate with your spouse. You want true intimacy? Start there. And then everything else falls in line. Amen? We celebrate 49 years with you in November. November? When, when's your 49th? 50 this coming May. So you just turned 49? Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, let's celebrate that. We'll hit 51 in November. 14 grandkids, one great-grandson. We ain't doing too bad, but the kids are doing the work. Bernard. Love you, bud. Uh, would you mind coming up, bud? Might, if he comes up with Dennis, comes up with you? Could you come up real quick? No, no, well, I'm thinking about it, but. He will. He might. He might. No, I love you. Um, when, when Dennis had a, uh, a surgical procedure some months back, I met Bernard and his family members, and it was just like they were family. But um, last week I felt it too, because I know some of the history. I don't know what all goes on inside of you, but Gordon, if you would join me in Ramona. This man was like uh, an Audie Murphy in the in the war. Uh, several acts of heroic acts of valor. And never wanting to be associated with it, but for, I just believe God wants you to know, Burn. No, no, He He loves you, and the Lord's hand has been on your life through every act of valor and. Okay, you have an angel. You have more than an angel. <laughs> Stretch your hands out towards him, would you, church? Come on, Gordon, if you want to We just want to bless you. I know God wants to bless you. Father, we thank you for Bernard. Yes. McNulty, Father. Lord, for the any insult or trauma through all the acts of valor for the as a as a serviceman. Laying his life down, as so many have, 
We bless him in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that you have purpose and destiny and calling for this man. Thank you for what he, you did in his life and through him. Thank you for protecting him. And Lord, if that angel truly is with him. But Holy Spirit, that you have a destiny and a blessing for this whole family, for the McNulty's. And we thank you for the McNulty clan in the mighty name of Jesus. For salvation has come to this house. Deliverance. Purpose. If you have anything, Gordon, just let me. And I sense that you're going to become a, a, a dad to many young men who don't have a dad. Maybe they have a dad, but he's not, he's not acting like a dad. And I see where the Lord is going to use you to minister to men, especially military guys that maybe have problems and situations. You're going to speak life into them, and you're, you're, they're going to be able to open up to you. So I, I see a round table. I see a round table, and I see that table just maybe one guy, two guys, three guys. And you're just sharing, but most of all, they're sharing. And for the first time in their life, they're going to open up their, open up their heart. I see men saying some things that happened to them, and they're weeping and weeping. They've held that in there so long, and you're just going to be there like as a, uh, uh, a guide, uh, someone to, to have them to, to be able to share and, and it's, it's going to be a beautiful experience. And you're going to experience a new era in your life. And I release that round table with some men around that table just become broken. They're going to share things that they have not shared with anyone. With anyone. They have held that in. Some of them are addicted to drugs and alcohol. So it would... Um, uh, sort of softened the blow, but it, it, it brought addiction. God's going to use you. There, God's going to use you in Jesus' name. I bless you today, and I say thank you. And the Father says, Son, you're going to be able to do this because I'm going to reveal my heart to you. The Father is speaking to you this morning and letting you know you are my son, and I love you. I love you. I love you, son. And I'm going to reveal my heart to you in such a way that your heart is going to overflow for the first time in your life. It's going to overflow with my love pouring into you. And it will enable you to see the heart of the men that sit in front of you because you're going to begin to see through my heart. First, I'm going to reveal my heart to you and show you that you are written on the walls of my heart and that I love you. And then you're going to be able to see these men sitting in front of you hurting so many of them, not knowing a father's heart. But because you will discover my heart, son, I will be able to reveal my heart to them through you. Precious days are ahead of you. I am coming to you. I am revealing myself to you 
my son. I just heard this. That I haven't called you, the Lord saying, I haven't called you to hibernate, but I'm ready to accelerate. There's just one more thing. It sounds like a lot, but is this is being recorded, right? Okay. Because he can listen to it. I believe on our website, I know it was tele, or being, li it's still live streamed, Tim? Okay. I the Lord is going to restore the sharpness of your mind. Sharpness of thought. And all this God is doing to do all that was spoken for the round table. The that round table is a table of counsel, yeah. table of wisdom. And there's much wisdom of the Father's heart, God the Father, being poured into your heart as you spend time with him being poured into their hearts. So there's the legacy. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, my friend. I'll do the best. Jesus. Okay. Ramona? Let's stay in the... Yeah. May stand in my son, the What are you looking for, honey? Pat? This is a, we're still in the spirit, right, guys? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. The young generation, Peter, come up here. We're going to speak, we're going to pray over Gordon, pray for, and, and if the Lord releases, yeah, thank you, hon, for correcting that. We're going to pray for Let me just say something real quick about praying over and for. Words are very important. In the fivefold offices, you don't pray over them if you're not a fivefold office. You pray for them. And we all pray for, but there's something in the heavenly realms of government that God has ordained. And actually, we're going to pray for them because they have leaders that they and colleagues that they're submitted to. And the ones they submit to are the ones that have the anointing to pray over them. So we're going to support and pray for our colleagues. Amen. Sadabashtene. Pray in the Holy Holy Ghost as we pray for them. If the Lord gives you a word, we're asking you to release that word to them. Okay? Praise God. Father, we praise you. We give you honor and we give you glory and praise. We thank you for the holy anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, for your vessels that have 
three meetings every week. Forty, forty years, forty some years, fifty-three years. Holy One, thank you for the anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, Sarabeste, that the word they carry, they've lived. Mastonda levede. Wisdom is on your shoulders. Pratara kiste la bondren council. Wisdom is on your shoulders and counsel in the mighty name of Jesus. Pradayas alivinde ravaka lodosu materia masanete. There's a, you know, we don't retire, we refire. So, Father, thank you for the grace. For the countries, the continents, the land masses that their feet have trod. And your grace realized in and through their vessels to so many. That the seed that has been sown is fruitful, multiplying, replenishing, subduing, and having dominion. Lord, that that even out of their own loins, that their lineage and legacy is blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus. That everything that the devil intended for evil is turning for good from start to finish. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, for clarity of mind. In Jesus' name, clarity of mind, in Jesus' name, sharpness, even greater than before. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for the, the calling and the gifts, Father, that you've placed in this couple. Thank you, Father, how they've been obedient even through the storms and even through the lack and their faith has risen up before you. I thank you, Father, and we bless this couple and their obedience that many will see and many will follow the faith of this team. And Father, we've mentioned about the round table there's been many times they sat around a round table and they poured out and they gave yeah. out that round table. But Father, you're showing me that the round table is going to enlarge. It's not going to be a long table. It's going to be a round table. Mm. And Father, I see many fivefold gifts sitting at that table. And I see the counsel and wisdom being poured out yes. from this couple. Yes, and the prophetic word being released to them. And I see the ones that are sitting at this round table are younger. And they need their leadership. And they will be speaking into them. And speaking into this generation that you're raising up, Father. And they're not going to work at this, Father, to make this happen. But, Father, you're going to gather them. You're going to gather the young eagles together, Lord. And the eyes of the eagle will look upon their eyes. 
and the counsel of God and the wisdom of God will flow and they will know. And these young ones have been crying out and saying, who is there a father for me? Is there a father? Is there a mother one for us? Because we need to be under them. And the father says, yes. For yes, just as you have spoken, my son, about the legacy and the legacy in this house, that there's a kindredness here concerning that legacy. But that legacy that's in both of you and concerning the calling is going to flow and flow and flow and flow. And it's going to produce many, many, many sons and daughters in the faith. And there'll be a time of training, time of releasing, a time of ordaining, time of schooling, even in the midst of all the traveling. We bless it, Father. Bless this word. We bless them, Father. We ask you for the oil to be poured out from their hands, Lord. We ask you for the tangible, eye-seeing oil to be poured out from their hands, Lord, for the healing of the nations, for the working of the miracles. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Good, Pat. I see uh, springs of life coming through you overflowing abundance like a a fountain flowing and going up and anywhere you touch any person you touch will feel the presence of god hallelujah hallelujah the the first word that i received was strength fuerza so your job is not over yet there's a lot of more people to impact to change their life so god's going to multiply your strength More power, more anointing, more of your glory, more, more, and more, and more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shanna. Blessed are the feet of those who carry good news. And I just felt the same as my brother Ephraim, that God is like strapping on new shoes for strength. That God is strengthening your feet. And then I heard, follow the yellow brick road. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Peter, do you have something? So I instantly got a, um, a picture of um, just this, like how there's so many trails and there's side trails that different people are called to. And you guys have been called to so many side trails, but there's new trails that are actually opening and expanding as you're walking down, he's actually, God's giving you a, a new staff to, to walk with, a new tool for the next seasons, that, that trails that you didn't think you would actually walk on because of any reason, but there's no more reasons because he's giving you the tools that you are going to have the capacity to be able to do it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just heard a couple of times. <clears throat> ambassadors of light and I should pray God is strengthening that and quickening that even more and I also heard sounds kind of silly but my hero, my hero. 
my hero. Be a hero to others. He's their hero, but he'll use yeah. you. And you'll be like that hero to others. Wow. Praise God. You have anything, Brian? Yeah, I, I just believe that um, much of the word that, that came forth for charity and myself um, came out a lot of an overflow of, of, of your guys' marriage. And um, what God has done in, in you various trials and tribulations but in the end the Lord has had the victory in your marriage and you've been able to sow that into other marriages thank you Lord for continuing to bless this marriage and that many other marriages would also be blessed and imparted to from the experiences and 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 the anointing that's on it and I thank you for that, Lord. Yeah. And, and just ask for an increase in that in their lives. In Jesus' name. Praise God. That's good. Lisa, you have something? The Lord just said the same. Your youth is renewed like an eagle. And the way you felt in your 20s, he said, I will extend that even into your older age. You will think you're in your 20s with all the ministry you have. Hallelujah. That ain't bad. I'll take some of that. Would Would you guys share that with us? (laughs) What, Pat? Fountain of youth. Maria, come here. I believe there's healing virtue that God wants to pour out of you and through you, I should say. And even though you're in the nursing field, but still there's this yearning. Are you you're in the nursing field? No. Okay, you're going to... Half there? Health care. Okay, it's kind of like nurse. That's nursing to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I see healing... I see healing virtue. And I just want you, because of the restoration. Yeah. Stay there. Because of the restoration in your heart to see people restored mentally, physically, wholly completely for their spirit man. I believe there's an anointing that God is bringing upon you in a greater measure. And just people being around you and your countenance, it's going to shine. People are going to receive even from that when you're not able to pray or say anything to them from beholding the face of the father people are going to behold their restoration. So, Father, we release that right now. In Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, Father. There it is. There it is. The crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Yes. Thank you, Father. 
Hallelujah. We all agree on that. Father, we praise you. Holy Spirit, thank you for writing the script. For the choreography of the Spirit today and Holy Spirit being the conductor. Yeah, we bless them, everybody. You guys want us all stand if we could. We bless Gordon and Ramona. We bless them with showers.